I was thinking about how what we're doing is really quite important because especially in these times where things are really taking a hold on people with the different uh, um, you know, policies that are being introduced. Mm. Uh, standing somewhere alone and painting or something and then someday you get people who talk about specifics of what you have to remember and what you can do to improve your work. Yeah, yes. And, and I, I just thought about it when I read through your, the, the Memoroso group uh, dogmas, mm-hmm. that here there are some specific things that you don't have to, to wonder what do I feel today that I want to do or whatever. It, these are some basic ideas of the craft. Yes, and, the, not, and not necessarily basic ideas, but dogmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. don't question them. Yes, yes. You just follow. <laughs> you just follow. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I have here some of the Memorosa dogmas. So you you categorize them in sins and virtues. Yes. So the sins are one painting from photo. I can read them. Uh huh. Sins, painting from photo, using blue pigment, resentment, painting, no nasal label faults, ironic expression, boredom, originality. Those are the seven sins of the Memorosa group. And then you have the virtues, which are tell stories in paintings represent life of the past, present, and future combined, compete with the masters, Hellenistic Greece is the standard, use the Apelles palette, flatter the model, treat any subject with love and sincerity, listen to classical music, a masterpiece is 80% black, we have talked about that before. 85. 85 percent <laughs> black. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm lowering. You see, so that's why it's so important to have the dogmas there hanging in the studio. And the tenth, the most important, the goal is the immortal masterpiece. Yeah. yeah. So these are um, these are the dogmas, and these are reminders of. Uh, of how to work, what to aim for, uh, which things one should avoid, be aware of. Um, We're all sinners in a way, uh, (laughs) or another. (laughs) Everyone knows in his own private life, you know. um, But in general, it has to be, there should be a reminder, a direction uh, in which a painter should direct his work, and these are the reminders in which we direct our work. Yeah. So it has been uh, very helpful, and uh, it's good to go back to them every time because, yeah, they are there for that to to keep you on the on the path of uh, hopefully achieving that eternal masterpiece. And that's why it's added at the very end. I yeah. like the fact that you have uh, seven vice uh, sins, but ten. Virtues. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that is constructive attitude to it. <laughs> yeah. And I, see, I was thinking about this thing on, um, well, d- d- uh, 
to talk about the sins first. This thing about painting from photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I think we've touched on it earlier, but well, you get partly wrong information or or not enough information. So on a, on a practical level, when it comes to you know proportions and color in these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you bec- you become uh, uh, totally dependent um, on the machine, on the photo. Yeah. And, and, and then you, you put something in between your direct uh, experience with nature. I mean, you are putting something in between your senses mm. and nature. And since we are trying to work in an empirical way, we are, not, we are avoiding everything that is, gets in between your direct empirical experience through your senses with nature on the way. Mm. Plus... It will, uh, let's say, what, what, do you, what do you miss there? I mean, what is, uh, what's the problem with using photo? Well, you lose your soul. <laughs> I was just about to, <laughs> to mention something, but uh, in a more strictly philosophical uh, yep. <laughs> uh, manner. Um, mm. the, the problem then, you know, apart from the, the actual you know, empirical study of nature, mm-hmm. the, the mindset that, that you sort of goes along with it. I mean, one thing is, you know, this, this thing about if you really want to create something that that lasts, which is so-called classical, which only means that it has it is fundamentally human, mm-hmm. um, and you paint from photo, then the photo brings in that sort of, you know, Kantian aesthetical indifference because yeah. it just just uh, um, is a Xerox machine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't choose. No. And I think. That is perhaps the f- one of the cornerstones of storytelling. I mean, like you mentioned, that you are able to choose. Mm-hmm. And somehow I think that the photo you know, arrests your, your uh, ability to, to choose. Yeah, yeah. In- of, you know, focus, have focus in what you're well, doing. Well, yeah. In, in and, the, in the and it inhibits the, 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 direct, uh, the direct experience. And that, when you are working with a live model... Um, I mean, it takes time. Mm. And then, we have talked about this before, I mean, one day or, or for several weeks you have been working on that figure and you don't know how to, to get it right. And, and suddenly, there's just a little bit of light that changes on the studio that comes in and then the model just bends the head in a way that you didn't see it before and then you get it. Mm. And then, then there's a possibility of... Uh, getting closer to that eternal masterpiece, letting that rhythm happen, that natural rhythm of having working directly with the model. So when you take a photo, you are missing that accident or that possibility of getting something that the photo will just give it for very quick, very cheap, easy, fast, yeah. immediate. What? What, yeah, yeah, and that's the difference that working from the live model is not immediate. You have to mediate. Mm. In mediate is not you don't have to mediate with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. just like there you have. Yeah. And that's all. And we are living uh, in, in a yeah, in a, a time a fun, in which everything is more like that. But th- so it's a funny thing too then that you know it, generally there's this you have this uh, art neurosis that sort of plagues uh, you know quite a lot of people mm. and I've experienced it myself as well, you know. Um, how you should be more than just a copy machine. Yes. 
But then the solution for some ways to then use photo, which makes you really just a copy machine. Yeah. It can really reduce you to to only that. Yes. Right? And I was thinking of, I mean, when you mentioned, this is a good thing too also about the Mamorosa group dogmas, that you, when you start uh, discussing them, you see that when you start talking about one thing, you suddenly you end up talking about something else of one of the other uh, dogmas. Mm -hmm. So when you are painting from photo, and I, I got to this idea from, you know, I sent you uh, that uh, PDF mm -hmm. uh, of story, story, that book by Robert McKee. Yeah. It's an amazing book Yeah, yeah. Uh, on, on screenwriting. Mm -hmm. And he talks about, I've been so concerned with, we'll do a little dark, later Dark Flame on that one because yeah, it's an amazing do, book. But, we'll okay, do something else. That's for later. Mm -hmm. um, but he's, I was thinking about something that Erde said about uh, how each discipline has, has different rules. They all go towards storytelling somehow, yep. but you have to do it uh, via different uh, routes. Mm -hmm. And uh, what McKee is talking about is that you save the best for last. Mm. You build up and then bam, you know, at yeah, the yeah. end. But of course, as a painter, you cannot wait. <laughs> you know, the 15th painting, you have to create that, most, that best moment in there. that one painting. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think if you, if you paint from photo, then you lack that, or you like you miss that opportunity yes. of starting with something, seeing it as it is now, and suddenly that's the, there's that light coming into the studio, which makes you see an, a third thing, yep. and then you get the past, the present, and the future in one image because it's that. As I've must have been talking about that mo movie that goes inwards, you know, many many pictures on top of each other instead yeah. of after each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then a, a painting exactly, and the painting should have the same and the same um, the same procedure in a way that you work work over it until you get that final impressive dramatic moment on that one mm. image, and that you need time for work, and then when then that connects to originality. I mean, if, if you, are, you are longing for an original story, a story that has never been written before, you know, you kind of miss, miss the point. When, you, when you're working for this, suddenly in the beginning, you were thinking about this amount of characters on the, on taking place on the, this scene. Mm -hmm. And then while you are working and working and working on it, after months, suddenly you realize that one character shouldn't be there. <laughs> it's, yeah. And then you say, oh God, but I have been working on it so much. It's my... It's my... It's my own. My. Yeah, my yeah. precious, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then you have yeah. to remove it. And then you feel like you are at the service of something bigger, something than your own idea. Mm. What is the picture? What is the story demanding? If yeah. that demands the sacrifice of this one, you take it out. Yeah. So then it's not about your idea anymore. It's about what it works there with the story that you're trying to tell. Yeah. Yeah. And you told me about, you told me about something about uh, 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 this book story. Yeah. About if a story is not universal. Yes. How is that? Um, I, I might be misquoting because, you know, you find something that goes in your alley and you're like, oh, that's what they but, say. Uh, but that sounds great. But, but um, I, uh, I would bet uh, $100, uh, he says somewhere, I'm, I'm really, I'm, 
into it now, so I'm really I want to talk about it, but uh, we have to wait a little. <laughs> but he says there that that uh, stories is a synonym for something that is eternal. Yeah. If what you are painting is not eternal, it is not a story. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, that was just that that was amazing to read. You know these. Uh, people who write about screenwriting have do not have this art uh, neurosis. No. So they just go right to the actual discipline, and I think uh, that's what you're doing also with the memorial group dogmas to just not excuse yourself. Yeah. But just go say this is what you do given this goal. Yes. And not be diplomatic about it or anything like that. Yeah, no? yeah. And of course, it's, a, it's a, a clear, direct and straightforward message mm. in times in which uh, everything is about uh, deconstructing everything and dissolving everything. All rules should not be there. And let's take away everything and just be free, you know. Uh, but... In this case, uh, we are constructing something that gives uh, direction in times where supposedly there shouldn't be any direction at all. And, yeah. um, and then I think that's at least has been very helpful for us. And not just individually, but as a group. So we can basically make uh, our crit critics between each other uh, according to the dogmas. Yeah. And it has... It and it's not personal. No, no. It's, it's, you know, we have made them, <laughs> but we put them and, and as reminders to us. Well, it's not like you just draw it from your own, completely from your own brain. No, I no, mean, it's, it's based, uh, based, based on Aristotle. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, this is not... Uh, Retelling an old story. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's, uh, it's totally based on Aristotle's mm. poetics and uh, also mm. based on the, what we have learned and we have seen from them, from the great uh, painters that we admire. Mm. Mm. I think also it's not directly related, I guess, to one of the dogmas. I just remember uh, John's constable, it's sort of a side um, mm -hmm. detour, uh, talking about how when you go into nature to paint, it, it can sound a bit art in some way, but I somehow understand this point. Don't go, go with the preconceived ideas because nature can compose much better than you can. <laughs> you know, it sounds like some kind of, uh, I don't know, it can sound a bit art in some way, but it's but in a, it really emphasizes that yes. you need to study nature and yeah. not have your own that's our, well that's our, the originality idea right? yeah yeah but this is the, exactly this mm. is, brings you push you on the opposite way put yourself yeah. at the service of nature yeah. study it yeah. look at it mm. like put attention at it not impose your view on nature or what is what should be or what the world should be but actually study it mm. and then make a translation try to improve it imitate the movement of things the form the the the, the proportions and then try to blend them in a way that you can make a, a good story out from it. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's the idea then that you emulate not only outer appearances, but the, the psychology of the human being. Yeah. The actual action. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where you get away from that uh, naturalistic idea that, that you have to sacrifice this detail to get focuses. Yeah, and that's what yeah. uh, the first uh, the first virtuous tell stories in paintings. Mm. So in order to make a story work, many times you have to forget about all these insignificant details around mm. and all these uh, unnecessary things that can be that the painter can fall into just copying the photo. But if you're working with the whole picture, then you're going to avoid some details and get rid of them because they get on the way of making a story work. So it's like the Icelandic sagas that I, I have read some time ago. Um, not so much detail at all. <laughs> no, at all. all. <laughs> it's just straight to the point. <laughs> it's straight to the point. I remember that. And thus passed that winter. Yeah, yeah. And next. Yeah. <laughs> But then you get the picture. Yeah, yeah. You get the, the real feeling of what's you know, going you, on there. You know that... Uh, you, even, you even can see the landscape without even describing it. <laughs> yes. You know, there's this book with the collected writings of um, hmm. Mark Twain. Hmm? <laughs> and he has in the beginning, uh, obviously he wrote it himself, the, this, the foreword called The Weather in This Book. <laughs> in This Book. Yes. <laughs> and he says... Because he's so sick and tired of all descriptions of weather, how the weather was like in different novels. So oh. he's saying that if anyone wonders at any point throughout the story what the weather is like, go to the appendix and read some weather <laughs> description there. <laughs> because he cannot have it in the story. Yeah, yeah. You see, those things, forget about, for, forget about those. So that's, that's, that's it's not about just, I just want to paint, you know? Yeah. It's you, you tell stories. Hmm through painting, mm. and then it's something, and then you go back to Aristotle, and then he gives the advice on the poetics about the plot mm. is the main thing. From there you build up and you add the character and a background, and the chorus or the music on the background or the costume or whatever, but that comes mm. later. Mm. You are focused on the main thing, which is the story, and then you build up and you decorate the story at the service, always at the story. So, um, yeah, you see, that's a constant uh, reflection to Aristotle poetics, mm -hmm. most of the dogmas, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's um, what was I thinking about? Um, you need to know the. Well, I, I find myself always coming, always coming back to these screenwriting books. I can't yeah. stop myself from it. Um, no, you shouldn't. Uh, it's very useful. Well, yeah, you know, you, you you're taught the morals that if you don't like things, that's what you should do, you know. Mm. So <laughs> I'll break that moral. <laughs> okay. um, uh, Snyder, uh, Blake Snyder, Save the Cat, talks about, this is a fascinating uh, uh, example, how... Uh, uh, well, speaking of Aristotle, not mm -hmm. speaking in your own voice. Yeah. And uh, Snyder talks about, who was that? Well, some colleague of his, who guided him on a, on a script. And there was this test where, you know, you have John, blah, 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 Mary, blah, 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 John, blah, 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 Mary. And you hold your hand over John, Mary, John, Mary, down there. Mm -hmm. And you just look at what they're saying. And can you separate the characters through what is said? And he couldn't. Because yep. they were all speaking in his voice, his own voice. Yes. 
And you know, and, and this, yeah, the, the point is that they shall speak in their voice according to their character, right? If, yeah. If not, there's no story. <laughs> well, now I'm, I'm, I'm reading the, the Brothers Karamazov. Mm -hmm. And then you have a good example of very well-defined characters. I mean, mm. it doesn't say who is saying this or that, but mm. it's quite clear immediately yeah. who is saying if it's Ivan, if it's Dimitri, if it's Alyosha. Mm. I mean, it's quite clear. So yeah. then you have a, um, someone who is at the service of a story. Yeah. Thank you for checking out this clip from the Cave of Apollos. If you want to watch the entire segment, head over to caveofpillars.com slash donate and become a $5 patron. That will allow you to access all our Dark Flame episodes, bonus material with our featured guests, and more.